Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we're very excited to be finishing up Orkonomics, mm-hmm. the book by by J. Zachary Pike. Um, let's okay before before we jump into the book, we've got to get warmed up. We skipped mm-hmm. our warm up last week, and I was missing it. Mm-hmm. So I've got one for you today. Get us going. Get us going, Luke. So, I watched a Western movie this week. Okay. All right. When was the last time you saw a Western movie? Uh, maybe a couple months ago. It's probably oh, Django Unchained because I watch Django Unchained kind of often, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I have two notes on Western movies. Oh, all right. And. The first, these are going to be, I think, relatively small. They're just things that I thought of. Um, okay. A lot of older Western movies will introduce, like, the town that it takes place in. Yeah. And a lot of the framing is, like, how dangerous, like, it's a frontier town. So it's, like, oh, how dangerous yeah. the town is. People are getting shot left and right. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so it'll, in like, the specific one that I that was from this movie, which I think is, like, probably used a good bit is it'll be like on over footage of like black and white people getting shot all the time it'll be like the murder rate in here was almost as high as new york city <laughs> it's like what because like murder rate in new york city in terms of like per capita very low <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I have no Whereas idea. Whereas in this town, in this town, it's like I'm seeing footage of like 50 people die. <laughs> the town is like 200. So for the like murder rate to be almost as high as New York City, like a million people are dying a day <laughs> in New York City. What are we doing here? <laughs> I see. Well, it's just you know the big all the crime. Luke, think of all the crime that's happening in the big cities. That's where crime just happens all the time. It's all really the time. bad. It's Maybe they meant not all, per you, capita, but total numbers of murder. But that's meaningless. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, two hundred people died in New York uh, this week. Same here. Also, two hundred <laughs> people. It's just there's only four hundred in the town. So that would honestly, yeah, okay, that would be insane. Actually, that would be impressive. Um, but then, okay, but but then my 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 other more serious. Okay, pause serious. before we get the. What is okay. this movie? You can't just be like, I saw a Western movie. Oh, and... okay, okay. I was watching. This was Tombstone. This is the one that I watched recently. Oh, that's an old movie. It's like ninety ninety three. Oh, all right, not that old then. No. Anyway, it's good. it's it's actually pretty good. Um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> one thing that I really love about western movies that's i think the okay of course the case for a lot of like action style movies Mm -hmm. is that the baddies always miss right yeah but until they they don't until they don't but the western movies i love that a lot of times it's just like not even really an effort is being made to like compensate for that like i feel like a lot of times it'll be the action star will be running. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it'll be like, sure. oh, they're missing because he's running. It's hard to hit a moving target. Whereas yeah. in Westerns, they're just like walking <laughs> towards each other shooting. 
and like they just miss all the time. <laughs> I don't. I haven't <laughs> shot guns very often. Yeah, but like most of the like two thirds of Western movies are people showing off how good they are at shooting, mm-hmm. and then like when it comes down <laughs> to it, you're missing a dude standing in front of you. Yeah, I respect that they're not even really trying. <laughs> well, the thing is, they're all so drunk that the fact that they hit anything is a miracle. Okay, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. So I think that's the main issue because they're all drinking whiskey over water. Like no one's having water in old the Old West. They're all drinking whiskey. So the fact that they're right. able to walk 10 paces in a straight line and then turn around and shoot is a miracle. <laughs> the thing that okay now that we're talking about this i do have a question because a lot of the thing is about quick draw right where you you draw as you know quicker than the other person and shoot them before they shoot you Mm -hmm. how i've never been shot before i'll start out by saying this i don't think you're immediately incapacitated as soon as the bullet touches you i mean if you hit him in the head sure yeah, they're probably not gonna hit fire off a shot. But most of the time, when you have a movie duel where they turn and shoot, it's in like the gut or the or something. I feel like I could get a yeah. shot off. I feel like I wouldn't even notice I'm shot before I got a shot off. I think there's a okay. There's here we go. Um, you've seen the movie Moneyball, right? Uh, or read the book Moneyball. Is that the one about, about baseball? It's baseball and how like yeah. statistics, just doing all this. Okay, so yeah. I feel like this is a great opportunity for for using some statistics to determine whether it's better to wait for the first person to shoot or not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could be like, oh, you got to reload now. <laughs> it's like It's like, okay, I analyzed... Uh, 1,000 duels, and it turns out that 75% of the time, the guy that shoots second wins. And so, <laughs> you always, you gotta always shoot second. You just wait. So it just, you end up with a bunch of people just like walking 10 paces and then like faking the other one out to try and get them to shoot first. Like duels would be so wild. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'd love to see the stats on this. Uh, if anybody has some numbers for for duels in the <laughs> wild west i'm sure i'm sure the, the data logs were kept up to date i mean they had to because then you knew who was the quickest gun in the west right they had to have those numbers right that's i feel like that's point. such a big part of western movies is everybody knows she's the quickest in the west and so it's got to be written down somewhere for sure for sure that's how get us the statistics please <laughs> okay luke I'm feeling warmed up after that. I am too. Yeah. Let's let's talk about orconomics. Before right. we get into this week's section, we have to respond to a comment that somebody made on our subreddit. And I'm assuming that this was the author of the book, Jay Zachary Pike, who made this comment. Uh, but, you know, it's the internet, so who knows? We're, we're going to respond to it like it's the author. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're putting uh, a lot of uncertainty on something that I feel like is probably pretty certain. But I'd say 95% this is the author, but I mean, anybody could make this Reddit username and be like, oh, cool. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So Zachary was responding to some of the stuff we said last week. Mm-hmm. One of the things he said, which I want to preface this by saying I am not criticizing the book with this, but I'm about to pop off. One of his oh, comments. No. <laughs> one of his comments is that he's pointing out how plunder funds actually work which is that they just buy the rights to a horde like without doing anything i accept that that's how this works in this universe this is fucking insane how are you how are they able to do this how did everybody let them get away with this of being like oh yeah all that gold over there we're gonna incur none of the risk in retrieving it we just (laughs) own it we're calling dibs on that big pile of gold over there and whoever puts it in a cart and brings it to us we'll give you 10 percent because you brought it (laughs) how did anybody let them get away with this right okay okay this i think comes down to i okay so the point uh i'm not gonna say the point of the book but a lot of this is just like the natural unfairness of financial systems like this and like ours and so yeah it's like deeply frustrating that it's just like oh yeah that's theirs right like i went to the tower Um, i got all this loot and then they're like okay we'll give you 10 percent because you did a good job no you did nothing for this you did nothing I think that it's a very good, like, it's it really shows well how ridiculous a lot of economic, like, activity is. Because, like, this is a fantasy book uh-huh. in which the, like, levers of power are just, like, who swings a sword the best, Right. Well, the ones the ones controlling this world are not swinging swords. Okay, 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 okay. I I think that like our world, the economic stuff is just so complicated and like hard to understand that we all have like a general understanding of like things are pretty unfair. But it's not like super obvious and they're in, in like the people at the that are being mistreated are not the ones that are like super good fighters and that have swords that can do it. And so I feel like this, I feel, I feel like this like contrasts really well. It just shows the ridiculousness of this kind of, I don't know, just like unfair system because you're right. Like what is just all, I would, I would kind of understand if it was like a decree that was made all plunder is like property of the crown. Right. right. If they did a full like communism where they were like, it's all property of the state. That's one thing. Right. But it's but like this all is property just... of the banks. Which like, why do they get to call dibs? What is there? <laughs> what? Why? Why would anyone be like, oh, you did call dibs. So I will give it to you. I, I, I get that. Like the system is set up that way. So they have no choice but to give it to them because they pay a bunch of thugs to steal it from you essentially if you don't but oh it's crazy it's wild to me <laughs> that they get away with this yeah and yeah it yeah. seems like i've society seems like it could be balancing on a knife's edge i'm where if, I like mean... all of the heroes get together and are like hang on <laughs> we don't have to do this <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe. Give me give me one demagogue and <laughs> Oh no. Please no. I don't know if that's better. I don't want to see Gorm go down that road. No. Uh but this this brings me to the second comment that Zach left on on our subreddit. Uh and that was in related that was in relation to your discussion last week about if ogres like have to just pay full price for everything sure and the idea specifically what zachary zachary has posited here is this is potentially why big creatures big mighty creatures live in caves wearing crude hide armor or fight with like tree branches or clubs or whatever because they just can't afford nice housing or good gear because it costs an insane amount this is the perfect opportunity for a big boy union you get all the big boys in the land together and you say hey i don't want to live in a cave anymore and i don't think you do either so we're charging (laughs) what we're worth we're charging what we're worth now okay Okay. you know what i mean cost of living is huge for these creatures so they, that needs to reflect in their fee. When If you want them to go fight a dragon, great. It's going to be 10,000 glinton because I want to eat and drink on the way there and not sleep in a stable. Okay. I worry about this a little bit. Okay. Tell me more. Because I love, I love the ability to get deep into like random economic stuff in, in fantasy so um here's what i'm worried about mm-hmm. okay so let's say a normal mercenary costs uh five gold a day okay you're saying and and, and that feels incredibly ogres, low i'm just i'm just putting a random number. all right let's say five let's say five just for random numbers um and ogres already are more much more expensive right let's say let's say ogres are a hundred a day okay yeah yeah to to keep up with their consumption behavior and to be able to give them to get them out of the caves Uh right yeah they form a union and now they're worth a thousand gold a day (sighs) okay all right let's let's say for argument's sake let's say i don't this feels like a lot (laughs) Okay, it's like a big jump. Let's but, drop it but, down to, let's do, let's do, let's do 300. Um, yeah, triple. Let's say they get now triple. The, now ranges. the issue is that only the rich people can afford the ogres, right? I mean, it was kind of the case already, but now it's even more. And so uh-huh. now only the rich are getting the ogres and they're being, they're, we're just, we're just exacerbating our class differences here. Mm, only the I rich see. people have the like ability to to hire an ogre hire right the like voice. the rich people when they go on a quest they can bring an ogre with them because it's worth it like the value is obviously worth it but the initial right. investment to get an ogre on board is too big for like a common hero troop even if it right. might and even if the situation calls for an ogre even if it's like yeah this case would be great to have an ogre but we can't afford the upfront cost of feeding and housing this ogre so unfortunately we have to kill right. all my cousins when they come with us because we just have to throw bodies at the dragon until it 
until it gets full and won't eat us anymore. Well, that, but that, but also, I just mean like in general, like in the city, the the rich people now just have like are the only ones that can do an ogre, so they can do whatever they want. Mm. Because they have a monopoly on violence now. Yeah, but this is assuming that the union. Mm, it's assuming that the union doesn't have like other community ties where they would be like, hey, we're not going to mm. do that because that goes against the interests of our commute, our local community as well. Like, sure, they're going to request wages that are with their value, but their union isn't just going to be pure like, oh, yeah, we do whatever the money says. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. part of a union okay. is also being like, this isn't good for our community. So we're not sure. going sure. to do this. We're not going to smush yeah, all the kobolds. <laughs> there's a yeah there's like a uh uh what's the word i'm looking for um not like a permitting process but like if you have if you're if you're like an official member of the of the group oh you, like a guild like you you're, can be disciplined uh, right right there's like accountability yeah yeah among and you can get kicked out right yeah, then you're not, then you're not being, you're not, you're not pulling your your three hundred gallon yeah. per day. Right, you're back to the way. cave. You're back to the cave. It gives them power, which I think mm-hmm. they need. They could use mm-hmm. a little bit of collective power, collective bargaining power, especially. Right. I also, I, I also not to go too far on this. Um, think that that for this kind of thing, we gotta go. With like new agricultural practices specifically oh, for totally, dude. Like, okay, these boys are jacked, right? That's a lot of protein. That's so much protein. They're getting. How are they getting I this much we're, protein? We're not doing. We're not doing meat anymore. We're doing uh, rice protein powder. Mmm. You guys, they're eating. They're drinking shakes made of <laughs> rice protein powder because it's because it's cheap. And you can get a lot of it. <laughs> I see. I see. So so there needs to be some like adjusting on both sides. There needs to be some lifestyle changes for sure. Yeah. Is what you're saying. But also we, we need to support these folks for what they're worth. We can't have them running around in loincloths and swinging tr- like clubs, like tree branches. Okay. Right. I respect this. I also think that this would be so helpful because... We saw what happened when you have a lone ogre on their own. Mr. Brunt yeah. was like taken advantage of this whole time and we didn't even realize it. It comes to the end and it's like, oh, I actually didn't want to be doing all this stuff. This kind of sucks. I kind of don't like doing this stuff. And it's like, yeah, you need a bunch of big boys backing you up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like the perfect situation for a union too, because like they have such a specialized skill set. It's like, yeah. You can't, how, what are you going to bring in as a scab instead of a big boy? Oh, I need to move this huge boulder. Um, I'm going to, if the union won't do it, I'll get, I don't know. What? Tell me what, what are you going to get? <laughs> Nothing. Cause all the big boys right. are in a union. I love it. I'm, I'm so excited for a big boy union. <laughs> Plus, uh, so, so this just like imagine how hyped the like ogre bar is you know the like bar that all the ogres go to after their union, <laughs> union meeting it's rowdy 
raking it. Well, it's rowdy, but also we're raking it in because they're like drinking all my all my goods for fair prices because they can afford it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think how much that boosts the local economy. If I'm a brewer in the area, mm. I'm like so mm-hmm. hype. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Man. So I'm, I'm totally... Anyway, so we've finished Workonomics. <laughs> <laughs> finished it. Um, uh, there is, there is one thing I kind of want to come back to from our last section that I didn't pick up on, but I want to circle back. Those are the lizard Ooh, okay. people. I, I think we're underutilizing the lizard people. Okay. So when we, we f- being who society. Okay. So right now the lizard folk are kind of a nuisance because they will find a creature and designate it as their god or a statue or a something and designate it as their god and then bring it trinkets and gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is a program uh, that like made the rounds on the internet a while ago where they trained crows to like bring cigarettes into, into trash cans and gave them little treats for it. Ooh. This is this okay. is what we do for the lizard people. We set up a god for them to like pray to in the garbage dump and then have them just bring all the trash to their god. Say it's the trash god and it loves trash and it eats trash. <laughs> you have the cleanest streets in all the land and the lizards would love to do it. This is good. This is a good point. And maybe you even give them something for it. They're not just like praying to the big garbage truck in the sky. The garbage truck also gives them free pizza every Tuesday. I know we talk about free pizza a lot on this show, but I feel like the lizard people would love it. Right. (laughs) They would love it for sure. Um, No, this is a good, this is a good point because as, and, and especially like if you, if you're reinforcing with actual rewards, like through the garbage God. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The trash deity. I, for a second, I was like starting to get concerned with the ethics of this, but then I remembered that, um, the current system is to just murder any of them that we see. Correct. Yeah, it's just kill on sight. So yeah, yeah, I'm. It's a good. It's a yeah, for sure. I mean, what's? I forget if we hear if the street how the streets are. Are the street? Did we hear if the streets are? I mean the the areas where they're just the NPCs are super bad. Well, I'm just. But, I think it's probably safe to assume that like any city could use some cleaning up. Yeah, I think it certainly could. And the areas, so I will say the areas where the NPCs are isn't super bad because it's said that like anything edible left on the street has gone. So the streets are already kind of clean. Um, But like, I imagine there's trash somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Or like, here's an idea. Maybe in... in blood is it blood rot or blood root i can't remember root i think okay in blood root i imagine they don't have the same issues as the city where people just eat the trash because they're so hungry i i'll bet you could get the lizards doing something there well at the 
yeah. before it was destroyed, which we'll get to eventually. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I worry a little bit about the xenophobia, but mm-hmm. and like having the humans and, and lightlings, I guess, allowing the lizard people to run around their streets. But mm-hmm. but I, I do agree that it's a, it would it would be uh, be a good system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. <laughs> Is that the only one that you wanted to circle back to? Uh, there's one more, but it builds into a larger theory that I think we'll get to later. Okay. Okay. Um, in that case, I'm going to I'm going to bring us to when we get to the swamp. Okay. Yeah, the Mirewood. The Mirewood, where we meet the troll, the king in the forest, or Thane is his name. Yep, Thane. And it was it was a little bit of a twist to me to learn what he was because like he's mm-hmm. introduced as the like greatest fighter of all time or like his <laughs> species I guess yeah they're like the Before most dangerous you learn that it's monsters out there yeah it's like yeah. super quick uh, all this and like it was very interesting to me to get this description of a troll because i rarely see trolls being described this way right you're thinking of uh harry potter troll there's a troll in the dungeon a big stupid guy lumbering around Maybe yeah a cave in troll. my experience in my experience trolls are big slow boys that are pretty dumb mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i love that they're getting a rebrand <laughs> into like Big, quick, strong, invincible boys. Right. Yeah. I wonder if this is more of the troll that's in like Dungeons and Dragons or that kind of like role play setting that's just kind of diverged a while ago from the modern understanding of troll. You know what I mean? Okay. Sure. Sure. Um, because I agree. I love this new good troll, especially because it distinguishes it from ogre. We already have ogre. Ogre is big, yeah. scary creature. We need different creature than big, scary, mm-hmm. slow boy. Yeah. And so I think troll is. I think troll is great. I I picture for this troll honestly, I'm picturing uh like the Skyrim troll mixed with like Bigfoot. You know what I'm okay. talking about? Sure. I do know. Yeah. That's the vibe. That's the vibe I'm getting. That's the vibe. I do you think we ever learn why he loves purple so much? Ooh. <clears throat> you think it's like a Hodor thing where we're gonna go back into his past and something's yeah. gonna be purple? <laughs> Something big and important is gonna be purple, maybe? Yeah. Because he's also mm. currently not charging his worth. He's just getting like random purple things. <laughs> yeah, but like he's beyond money. I think he's above money at this point. Okay, true. I don't think he is a use for it, which good for him. He's he's doing a little Thoreau out in the woods. Yeah. I respect it. I respect the hustle. I do too. He's got a great garden. His garden sounds so nice, especially when he can just be a rock for a while. Uh, he can just vibe. So I don't think he really needs yeah. money, and I'm I don't think I think it's a bad idea for him to even start on that on that path. But 
I don't know why he's so into purple. This is a good question. I, mm, I do wonder though, if it has anything to do with like how he gets information out in the woods. Okay. Because here's, here's my, maybe we can bring these together. Here's my concern with Thane and my curiosity with Thane. Thane meets Gorm. And he's like, oh, you're the dwarf that punched that elf. Yes. How the fuck did he hear about that? Like, I'm with Gorm on this one. Who's telling Thane about this this story? Does Thane have, like, Twitter out in the woods somewhere? Right. What? How does he get his news about this kind of thing? Everything avoids Thane. Everything intentionally runs away when he comes close. Yeah. And I guess he can camouflage himself. So I imagine he sits around for a long period of time. Okay. Ooh. Maybe this is... Okay. Maybe this is the purple connection. Hear me out. In nature, you're not going to find many instances of things that are bright purple. Right? Sure. Thane is extremely good at camouflage. So something that's like... That stands out a lot... Maybe he's very into it. It's like a it's like hard mode to hide with this big purple thing around. Oh, he gets a purple thing. Challenge himself. Maybe it's he's trying to challenge himself. Where he's like, ah, I can turn into a rock and literally no one will see me. But if I have a big purple starfish around my neck, people might ask some questions, which could be fun. Yeah, hide-and-seek has become too easy for him. Mm-hmm. That for sure could be it. My theory is... So So we talked about how he's beyond money, yeah. right? Yeah. He's got a great garden. Mm-hmm. But he also, like... You can't just go around doing things for people without, like, showing that you have some power over them, right? Uh, I mean, you can. I would actually encourage it frankly to our (laughs) listeners it's great (laughs) right 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 but if you're a if you're a troll i think um, even if you're a troll thane go for it uh, put some positivity (laughs) out in the world thane (laughs) which i think thane's going to start doing now that he's met the love of his life but yeah he needs to just like have some kind of thing for people to just say thank you let's say Mm -hmm. let's say that Mm -hmm. yeah Thane, I'm assuming, is is well read mm-hmm. and is like, you know what the super rich color used to be back in the uh back in the Roman days. Oh yeah, sure. Sure, Luke. I think it was purple. Yeah, yeah. It's like all the king all the kings wear purple. So I'm so so people just need to give me purple things because I'm the king. Yeah, sure, that's it. That's it, yeah. They have the same color thing that we have, and uh, he needed to th- he needed to think of something for people to say thank you, and he was like, I don't know. Uh, no, purple is the Fuck is this. the cool guy color. Purple no, is the cool guy color. This Everybody is knows. what happened. This is what happened. This is trash. This is trash that is polluting his mirewood, and the the in people at the people at the inn are selling guests trash. He doesn't want it. I don't think he wants it. This is his garbage dump. He's like, I have to put it in this hole 
So it's not all over the place as people throw it willy-nilly everywhere. And I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but he went to collect them off that signpost. Yeah, because he knows what's going to happen if somebody carries it out into the Mirewood. They're just going to drop it on the side of the trail and be like, here you go, king of the woods. When it's all collected in one place, it's way easier to to deal with. It's way easier to throw away. Mm. I don't think Thane asked for these purple things. Okay. How did how did anybody know to bring in purple things? I think they just started doing it. I think it was a grift that turned into trash. I sure. Okay. Either that or he just likes the color purple. Who I, that's fine. Enjoy it, Thane. <laughs> Chase your bliss, I guess. <laughs> I love that we're coming up with these theories and it's probably it's just like, yeah, he likes purple. <laughs> yeah, it's just purple's cool. So. <laughs> purple is cool. Uh, okay. All purple. right. Um, we, we do love purple. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's trash. I think it's trash. He's trying to get rid of it somewhere. Sure. It's, <laughs> he needs to get some lizard boys in there. Right, that would really make the whole system way more efficient. He could be their god. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, I have another little thing. I I do want to talk about the ending quite a bit. Uh, But before we get there, I have another little question. Who carries the training golems? Mm. And I know they're on horseback for a portion of it. They get off their horses... When they're going to, like, deal with the big weasel. And they're all just walking around at that point. Right. Who's carrying the heavy? I know they're heavy because Niln tries to, like, carry one around and almost falls over. There's two of them. Who's carrying these things? So they do fold up. So so I think... So, okay, yes, they're heavy. They fold up, though. Um... Oof. Is there a spell we don't know about? I feel like they might be on wheels. Ooh. No, but why would it, why would they carry them, though? At one point, they put them into a bag and carry them around. They're not on wheels. I'm saying they're not on wheels. Maybe they're... Okay. Unless, like, the bag is on wheels. I, I don't think they're on wheels. <laughs> I don't think so. This is so, so specific. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Because it tells us a lot about some of our characters, right? Like, if Geist is yeah. the one that's carrying these things around, he's fucking jacked. Right? Well, he is, for sure. Right. But if he's, like... Like, if he's also carrying around the training golems, along with all of his, like, various weapons and food and stuff, th- this guy is... This guy's big. Okay? And I want to know about it. You know what I mean? Or let's this say guy's Gorms. like rivaling the ogre. Right. Right. This guy could punch through the sun. Right. Maybe not the sun. But but you know what I mean. I mean, I it's possible that it's a spell. Right. I'm wondering if maybe like there's a spell that we didn't hear about from our Noctomancer that mm-hmm. Because they uh, the elevator runs on like Noctomancer vibes. Yeah. So maybe there's like a little spell that you can cast. It's like levitate or whatever. I'm I'm gonna go with that one. Okay. All right. That feels that feels right to me. But maybe Gorm is just like packing one of them, 
and is just the biggest, beefiest dwarf. Yeah. You can, I feel like you could also get a little creative. Mm. And it's like the uh, the golems actually, when you pack them up, they're actually like in the shape of a bag. You know how you know how your backpacking bag has a little structure to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, you got the I think the the arms and legs of the golem are also the structure of your bag. Mm-hmm. And sure, they're a little bit heavy, but that's just because your bag's sturdy now. Right, and it can whisper words of encouragement in your ear. <laughs> right, which all, we all need. We, we we do, we do. Luke, I'm surprised you stopped at bag. If we're going to go full-blown transformer, just have it turn into a car. Okay. Or a motorcycle. Hey, what are we doing? Okay, so they don't have a motor, right? Bikes. They turn uh, into bikes. <laughs> oh, yes, Luke. Incredible. That's what it is. They got to turn into bikes. Let's get let's get Goldson on it, huh? <laughs> Who are angel investors in this in this universe? I mean, yeah, there's for sure some, tons of them, some VCs out there too. Gotta be. Okay, well, I'm glad we figured that one out. Um, yep. Are we ready to get to the ending? Like big picture stuff. Not okay. yet. Not yet. All right. Um. We so on our first trip to Bloodroot, the orc, uh, mm-hmm. like village or town or whatever. Mm-hmm. We learn that there is a factory there that's like kind of the heart of it. It's kind of a unfortunate evil that they have to deal with, which is the I think it's the Vorpal Corporation, Vorpal, which is the yeah. one that makes swords. And they're like the best swords. And they famously have, I forget the exact. It's like, like red worm blood and a tooth of something. Like a fire drake or something like that. And they walk yeah. in and it's like, oh, they have some poor <laughs> emaciated fire drake sitting there. And it's like shocking because he's like, oh, yeah. man, I always heard that they had the blood of whatever. But I always expected I mean, he doesn't say this, but, like, it's assumed that they're, like, going out and slaying one. Yeah. Like, where are my investigative journalists that are out here, like, okay, (laughs) so the market currently has 12,000 Vorpal Corp blades. And I've only ever heard of seven flame drakes. (laughs) (laughs) How much blood can they have? You're Do looking a for math, a... <laughs> and we're figuring out that the Vorpal Corp is up to some shady stuff. You I get that are... probably no one cares. You're looking for a jungle style expose of the Vorpal yeah. sword right. industry. Like, how is this sausage being made? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's the here's the follow up question. Okay, so I'm presuma- presumably. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I'm looking at you like that because you just asked how the sausage is made. And do we have a, a... Because now I'm legitimately... Like, let's go there. If you can have a like a fire drake that you just feed it health elixirs and it regrows its blood, have we not solved food? Well, okay. Very. You're getting into some very... I mean, 
the world is already very immoral. That seems like a, another step. Yeah, but like, just give me a big, huge cow. Find me the biggest cow you can and let's cut off pieces until it's almost dead and then just give it a health this... potion. <laughs> this is terrible, Dan. Yeah, okay. Luke, if we're thinking about all the other terrible things that are going on in here, how have <laughs> how have we not done this yet? Okay. Maybe that's in a different factory. All right, we're this might be this is too much that's, of a tangent. Let's bring it back to the Vorpal Blades. This uh, actually, this is actually how the ogres are affording food. <laughs> they don't actually pay for feed or, or anything like that. They're just buying elixirs. They're stealing elixirs from people to give to their yeah. big cow. But okay, but my my real question was going mm-hmm. to be like so in these swords they have these things from the dangerous creatures yeah i'm curious okay i'm assuming that that actually does something for the sword mm-hmm. yeah which i think is a safe assumption i'm curious if there's like a how do i say this like a a a spiritual component component here where Ooh. like if you're actually going out and slaying a flame drake mm-hmm. to put their blood into your sword, there's mm-hmm. a decent chance it's not even a flame drake. But anyway, um, is that sword ending up better because the like ingredient is more potent? Or is it purely mm. just like the chemical makeup of flame drake blood? So it doesn't even matter if it's just like an emaciated I see. guy. Ooh. Okay, I want to say, I want to say no to your question if there's a spiritual component, because it, mm. but then it poses the question, why are they even going to all the trouble to have a flame drake? Like, why, why go to the trouble? Because I imagine, right, the people who are buying the sword are buying it because it's like cool and powerful. They don't really care, like... They're buying because it's cool and powerful and because they thought it has the blood of a flame drake in it. I think if they knew that it came from this flame drake, they would be like, eh, it's not nearly as cool. And so why are they even bothering to have an actual flame drake there? Unless this is like the only way they can get the actual ingredient that they need to put it in, put in it. But if you can mix some chemicals together in a lab somewhere for cheaper than keeping a flame drake alive, I mean, okay, why bother? If it's not so are a, you thinking are you thinking here that potentially it's more of the like idea of having a sword that's made from flame drake blood? Yes, totally. And so if yes. you know that it's just like kind of artificial, it's like eh, it's not that cool. I feel like yeah. I feel like when Gorm shows up and he sees this emaciated flame drake, he's like, Oh, that's not that's not nearly as cool. And right. so I feel like this could be a huge PR disaster for Vorpal Corp. For sure, yeah. This is why this is why we're turn we're we're hiding it in the Orc encampment so that investigative <laughs> journalists don't want to get to it. I think that's key because also, I mean, we're also murdering investigative at- journalists. That's also why they're not <laughs> finding this because they're for sure just getting murdered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, but also because, like, if you think that they're going out and slaying flame drakes and the other thing. Hmm. Like I, who, what, 
where do I apply to be Flame Drake Slayer? I don't. I've never met someone that has this job. <laughs> right. You show up at the bar and your buddy has a new Vorpal sword and he's like bragging about it. And then you pull yours out and you're like, wait, I also have a new Vorpal sword. Do you know where they're getting all these Flame Drakes? <laughs> Did you kill a Flame Drake for that sword? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You got it. They're they're for sh- they're really they're doing a good job of burying the story because it's out mm-hmm. there. It's it's waiting. It's just waiting. Makes make some make some make some journalist's career. Get get Ronan Farrow in the case. Yeah, sure, and then have them promptly get assassinated. Right. Um. Ooh. Okay. There's actually one last thing before we get before I want to I want to move on to the very end. This is going to be very minor. Uh, I really appreciate how the professional heroes like Gorm and Katha acknowledge what they are and are not being paid to do and are reinforcing Mm -hmm. that among our crew of like, hey, you know, it's 5 p.m. I could stay an extra hour and kill this necromancer, but we're not getting paid to do it. So we are not killing this necromancer. Yeah. I, I respect it. I think that's a very healthy relationship with your employer, and I'm glad they're teaching the new heroes coming up how to maintain those important boundaries. Yeah, yeah. I think expand those boundaries a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit. But yeah, I appreciate that they are uh, acknowledging what they are and aren't getting paid for. So Good for, good for them. Good for them. <clears throat> we get into the end here let's get to the end uh can we do big picture and then get into a little bit of the details sure yeah zach i thought you were kidding oh it's tough to read sarcasm uh in uh text format so when he kept saying it was a lighthearted adventure i was like oh nice cool uh nope the end is not very lighthearted, Zach. Right. I mean, are you just saying that like the ending is very sad? Yeah, the ending is like intense. It very intense, pretty sad, and not expected at all. Like it was a huge surprise to me. (laughs) Which I don't know why it was so surprising (laughs) because this whole world is incredibly dark if you think about it. But right, yeah, it was tough. It was tough at the end. And right. I think I've, the idea that the whole story has been a satire, and then the ending is like, "Oh shit, this is like a real." We're going. We're doing it. We're doing it. Well, it's like here's why I think it snuck up on me, right? And and I think it's like perfect to contrast it with Parable of the Sower that we just read. Parable of the Sower, it's very obvious that it sucks because it's in our world, and so it's like, oh yeah, all this is bad, and. I will say there's also very few jokes in Parable of the Sower. Uh, very few. But the fact that this takes place in a fantasy world gives you some distance to where you can kind of laugh at the terrible things that are happening in the economy. But then when the actual consequences of those terrible things happen, it still sucks. And we've just witnessed the terrible consequences and been like, oh, damn. Maybe that was bad the whole time. And I didn't yeah. realize it. Yeah. 
it's a it is a very dark book like without the satire part of it <laughs> right like if it just took place Yikes. yeah it's it's pretty tough um one thing one thing that i well i don't know if this quite fits it right here but the one thing that i found kind of funny here is that like necromancy finally gets some some uh some defenders right (laughs) we're getting some we're getting some goodwill for necromancy uh finally (laughs) i think jen is like oh shut up necromancy's kind of (laughs) cool So I'm I'm tired of pretending like necromancy isn't cool. We, I'm not afraid I, I, to say it's it. It's a bad rap, but we all know deep down it's rad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, coming from coming from Jin, it's not really like received very well. I don't think. Right. Because he's like, granted, of no fault of his own. He's not really well liked anymore. Uh, but yeah, I I imagine he's gonna figure out how to do PR pretty soon and just mm-hmm. be running shit because he's got to turn his whole narrative around at some point, right? It's gonna be tough. He's got. He's currently his brand is not great it's in the toilet his brand is in the toilet it's almost like, literally not only do you have the brand of like the the baddie yeah but also like he said there's so many ballads of him like wetting himself on his wedding night correct. tough to turn around correct that's a rough one that's a rough one i believe he could do it though he's a smart guy he is a smart guy i believe in him too uh mm. i I want to know, did you think that one of our characters was a seventh hero who wasn't Niln? Um, yes. Who did you think was the seventh hero that wasn't Niln? I was going to assume that it was Gorm. Oh, okay. I was praying that it was Gleebeck slash Tibrin. <laughs> Because he's like the overlooked one throughout this whole book where right. Niln is like, oh, there's seven. There, we're the seven heroes. And it's like, actually, there's eight because there's a goblin with you. Please, please stop overlooking Gleevec. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that would be so hype if he's the seventh hero. And that, he was yeah. kind of crushing it. I agree with you. He was like in the background kind of crushing it most of this book. Yeah, he like, saved a couple people. He saved a couple people. He got pretty good at fighting. He was able to like right. communicate with all of the shadow kin mm-hmm. for the party. Mm-hmm. Like he helped he helped us navigate the orcs. Mm-hmm. Kind of essential yeah. to the crew. And I was just like so bummed when he died. And I was like, oh, he should have been the seventh hero. He sh- I yeah I agree. I wanted it so bad. I wanted it. Um, granted, they still have seven with the troll with Thane. Right. So it, it one of them could still be the seventh hero. Yeah, I mean it could be Geist, and he's just not saying anything. Like he could know. 
I mean, I assume no one knows uh, right now. Yeah, probably not. And he, yeah, it's probably Gorm, but also, oh, Gleebeck. I don't want been, it to be Gorm. Gleebeck would have been so good. I would have loved Gleebeck as the seventh hero. Gleebeck would have been great. I agree. I agree. Um, I have another question for you, Luke, around this whole seventh hero business. At the end, when Niln dies, I'm going to put that in big quotes because there is something funny happening. Right? So part of it is around this time in the book when Niln dies, the like statue that flashes when somebody dies went crazy. Yeah. Which could have been for Gleebeck, by the way, or Tibrin, but also could have been for Niln. And so maybe there's something funny going on there. Uh, Right before he died, it sounded like he thought somebody else was talking to him. That it wasn't the his, like, god. Yeah. Do we have any ideas for who that might have been? I don't know. This was something that I was like, I feel like I should probably know what this means, but I don't. I also struggled with this. And because part of the thing is we we learn at the end this whole quest was essentially as as a this whole quest was used as a justification for the revoking of npc status Mm -hmm. and so it feels like the thing that was giving him the quest is kind of in like might have been in on it Ooh, you know what i mean yeah and so i wonder Especially because they stopped giving him instructions at the point where I think they stopped giving him instructions after they don't die to the thugs out in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I kind of got the vibe during this this scene when when Nilm dies, though, that it was like a good thing almost. I did, too. I don't, feel- I don't really know what supports that, but that was the vibe that I got. I also got that vibe that he might have been kind of hype about it. Right. But also he like maybe he was just laughing because it was not hype and because it was so bad. Okay. Like because he was like dealing with this kind of thing is humor. Right. Like, oh, you're saying Johan was in my head the whole time? You're saying Johan had a pair of magic sunglasses that could like let him whisper into my head? It was Johan? Oh, not Johan. Anybody be Johan. And so that was just like, he had to laugh at the end because it was so sad. It could be. I very much worry that this is an obvious thing that somehow neither of us figured out. I don't think so. I don't think so because I did go back and reread a good amount of this book looking for it. Okay, good. Couldn't You're find a researcher, it. so that's yeah, good. Yeah, I was doing the research. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Um, But this also, since we're talking about the, like, crux of what their whole quest was about, mm-hmm. why do you think they needed a justification in the first place? Why couldn't they just make up something to be like, oh, yeah, we're getting rid of NPC status they're all bad. Turns out they were all bad the whole time and we can fight them. Guys, good luck. Why did they need like a thing to happen? You know what I mean? Right. Right. 
because it like perfectly does kind of what we talked about last episode of organizing an opposing faction again right where now you have an opposing faction to the lightlings that you can then get a bunch of loot from and that they're yeah supposedly hoarding a bunch of loot now but why did you need a justification yeah. for it this is a good point i mean it doesn't feel like there's a legal system lie <laughs> Right. It doesn't feel like there's a legal system that's going to be going after them in a major way. Right. And as we've as we've heard, the New York Times is not doing its job. Correct. There's no investigation into this thing that happened. And I get that's already like a pretty big lie. Right. They're already kind of doing this. But why even go to the trouble of like, oh, there's these heads. (laughs) The orcs took them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not just be like, hey, I heard the orcs killed somebody. Uh, so I think it's time. Right. Because like there's no there's basically no activism on the part of the lightlings like for the NBCs that I've seen. Not that not that we've seen. It seems like Gorm is one of the first activists, yeah. So they seem very willing to just be like Okay, like, yeah, we don't like them anymore again. Cool. Yeah, sure, they're all evil. That's what you've been telling us. <laughs> no, it's a good it's a good it's a good point. Yeah. I I wonder if there is a foreign power that they're trying to appeal to. Like mm. maybe the elves wouldn't be United Nations. Yeah, maybe like the other countries wouldn't do business with them anymore if they didn't have this justification. Could be. Could be. So even this like thin veneer is enough to like let other countries still do business. Or maybe they're just like bored and want to like come up with clever things. They're like, ah, it's too easy just to lie. <laughs> we did that a hundred years ago. It was fun for a while, but we need something new. <laughs> And so when Gorm does when when they this this like move has a couple twists and turns, they're getting hyped because it's entertaining. The drama. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's it. I like that. I like that. They've lived a long time. They need some spice in their life. They need some spice. It's like Squid Game, you know? They need some spice that money can't can't even really buy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Man, tough yeah. world. Tough this, world there. This, okay. The organization, Goldson, Goldson and Briggs or Braggs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, from the drop, they are like, at first I thought it was like irresponsible because at the very first meeting where Poldro talks to them, He's talking, no, he's not even talking to them. He's talking to a like a horde adjuster who brings them their spoils. And it turns out to be like six pennies and a notebook. Yeah. And we learn, so in this discussion, we learn that the horde is valued at 50,000 Glinton. They own 6% and they invested 13,000 into that horde. If you do the math, 6% of 50,000 is not 13,000. So they're already investing more into the hoard 
then they're going to get out even if it's like even if it fully returns their investment even if it is a 50,000 glinton hoard right like they're not going to recoup their loss like they're going to have a loss on that if it is 50,000 it's crazy how much like on the edge this organization is like they are already like pushing the boundaries even if the hoard isn't 50k like yeah it's insane the like way that this organization is running is wild yeah i mean you're missing out on the other like more complicated like ways that they are almost ensuring their investments right but i agree with you that it seemed at the time that like i don't know it seems it seemed at the time like very obvious that they were in decline like from the drop they are already on the downslide but for some reason are able to keep the train going i don't know how that works dan study the study uh study 2009 <laughs> i'm assuming i don't know uh, I guess it's just wild how crazy the organization is that these people run that is supposedly successful. Yeah, yeah, and they're de- I don't know. Their their like way to to fix everything is to just make the extremely poor NPCs go out there again. Yeah, that's gonna yeah that'll do it. It's gonna come crashing down. I'm worried. I'm very worried. I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, but let me do this. Could this this note that I have could go long, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Which is so. This might actually be circling us back to the last section, mm-hmm. where we learn that all of the like heroics and all of the industries connected to it make up like. I forget what the fraction was. It was either like 40% or like 60% of the GDP. Yeah. Yeah. And like at the time I was like, that's a high number. (laughs) But I don't, I'm like, what are the other industries unconnected (laughs) to heroics? And it's tough to see. Granted, like we're getting a book from the perspective of this. So like, I'm sure that there's people out there doing other things but here's here's the deal dan okay so i went ahead and googled like the top industries for us yeah like modern society yeah and some of them just don't work for this world so i don't know what they're gonna be here we go okay i'm gonna i'm gonna read some for you and for some of them are gonna make you very mad by the way okay sure um I'll also say it was very tough to get data on this because, like, the way that people split up these categories is completely subjective. But anyway, okay. Anyway, yeah. Number one industry is retirement and pension plans. Don't know what that. Don't know why. Um, what? Number one based number on what? Two, like amount of money? Like, hold on. Number one based on what? Rev- What's the revenue? Metric? Revenue. Okay. This sure. is this is the one that I don't fully understand. And then number two is health insurance that's like the amount of money that health insurance companies bring in very frustrating but we're not here to talk about that okay um three drug cosmetic and toiletry sales okay sure 
none of so far none of these work with this world right four no because yeah cars four is cars like new cars horses are they selling horses i don't i don't know okay five is hospitals okay yeah i'm assuming there's no like money coming in for the health side because you just give them a potion right well there are sorcerers that will do healing magic do you think that there are things that the healing potions don't fix there have to be right there have to be otherwise you just give them a potion because of the altar okay there have to be things that the healing potions don't work because they seem pretty cheap yeah you the services of a person healing you have got to be more expensive than buying one of these healing potions right so you need that i i imagine there would be occasions where you need that yeah yeah okay so maybe that's somewhere in there um six is life insurance also very frustrating pharmaceuticals doesn't exist in this world i assume that's what well they're making i guess pharmaceuticals would be the health potions yeah yeah they're making them yeah but that's connected to heroics right well okay i think like heroics mm, it's hard to like you can't disentangle these things in the same way right like sure heroics is the point of the sword that's like literally driving this entire economy but like everything else is interconnected as well like the person brewing beer is doing it at the end mostly for the heroes coming through but also for like the farmers right i feel like they were we were including that in the like 40 percent or 60 percent of gdp or whatever maybe i mean it is clear that her he like there are so many heroes right and there's so much that like heroes are at the center of this solar system and everything is kind of revolving around it. Or I, maybe I won't say heroes, the people doing the work, but the process of loot and like getting loot is yeah. the center of this economy and everything else is orbiting around it. But like there's other stuff happening as well. Right. I'll say the 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 next the the a couple of highlights of the next like few things that I have are like yeah yeah uh, education, grocery stores, and like computer stuff. Okay. So I oh and uh, real estate big one. So I'm this, gotcha. I feel like the rest of the money in this world is going towards obviously like food. That <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a big one yeah yeah i don't feel like there's I, not a ton of schools i, so I we heard like nothing about school very expensive well it depends on the neighborhood right right i mean you eat a little a nice little cottage in marwood it's probably very cheap it's a fixer upper yeah um heck of a but no. most of the like human labor uh, i shouldn't say human most of the like manpower in this world is centered around heroics that we've seen right from the like factories producing swords because of all the heroes to the heroes themselves which there's just so many right it's when they were attacking bloodroot and it's just like 
they were attacking in groups of like five or six, but the line stretched all the way back to the main city. It's like, oh, okay. All right. So that's how they're doing this. <laughs> um, yeah. Wild how many heroes there are. And then, yeah, you've got the thugs and the goons and everybody that's like around the heroes that their job wouldn't exist if the heroes didn't exist. It's a lot. It's a lot of people. It's a, it's a whole lot. Um, they need a moon trip. They need to plan a moon landing or something. You know what I mean? Get us a productive yeah. thing to do. It's a whole lot to just be like going and recovering loot that has already like been in the economy once and is already like not producing anything new. No, no. It's a house of cards, Dan. I'm I'm worried. We're all worried. I am looking forward to the collapse at this point, though, because, man, it all sucks. It sucks all the way down. We get to the bottom and it's just garbage. It's pure trash at the bottom. And I want it to fall so bad. That's right. That's why we're rooting for Gorm. I'm assuming that's what he's doing. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, he's already got the beard. He's pretty much Karl Marx at this point, right? Yeah, I think they're very similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The big axe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's probably, let's probably not do review. Well, not real reviews because I pretty confident that we're going to come back. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. This book was very fun. Uh, we both enjoyed it a lot. So we're for sure coming back to the, the second book at some point. So we'll give more detailed right. reviews like later, but I, I loved it. Good book. Very fun. Right. Uh, we had a blast. Same. Thanks Zach. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll, like I said, we'll we'll eventually do number two, but not next week. Next week, we're we're jumping to a different series. We're going to read Library at Mount Char by Scott Hawkins. Mm-hmm. This was another recommendation from our Patreon users, and I've heard it's wild. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff is supposedly happening here. Luke, are we going to go halfway again with this, or how are we splitting this up? I feel like thirds. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go thirds with the yep. library at Mount Char. First third for next week. Uh, we'll bring the hot takes and be the dumb nerds. <laughs> <laughs>